This is a HeadGum Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Your specific facts will almost always change the outcome, and you should always seek an attorney before doing anything. Literally anything. Ryan Morrison is an attorney licensed in New York, and Austin and O'Connor are just normal humans not licensed to do anything anywhere. Proceed with caution. Modding has long been a cornerstone of the gaming community. From making my Uzi into a Corgi in XCOM to having Deadpool be my sidekick in Skyrim, it brings a whole new feel and vibe to the game. There are, of course, less wacky mods that instead increase the gameplay and user experience. In World of Warcraft, for example, I used an endless list of add-ons and mods to make the game better for myself. But while Blizzard worked with modders to make these add-ons an actual feature in the game, other companies find them to be a way to break or hack their product. Today we will look at both sides of the spectrum, but we will focus on the recent headlines and back and forth between Take-Two Interactive, Rockstar Games, and the developers of a modding tool called Open4. I, as always, am Ryan Morrison. I am joined by Austin Hoffman. Say hello. Hey, how's it going? And I'm joined by O'Connor, our new co-host who's helping us do the research. How we doing? O'Connor, I just want to thank you for doing all the work that I didn't want to do at all. You were never going to do it anyway. And now our product's gone from (laughs) substandard to adequate. Barely standard. (laughs) No, barely standard. Adequate is is pretty much the best way to describe it. We're striving for adequacy. One day we'll get there. One day. Listen, I aspire to the stars with above average reviews. So once again, to bring everybody up to speed, very recently, Take-Two Interactive has issued a cease and desist to a modding tool dev team called Open4. They're based in Russia. And the internet went on fire. Filthy Uh, Russians. April 29th, 2008. Rockstar releases Grand Theft Auto 4, the next in their series of open-world action-adventure shooters. The game is a huge hit and scores a titanic following. Everyone's playing GTA 4. Like many incredibly popular games, some fans think, how can I make this amazing game even better? What else can it do? Enter Open 4 a Russia-based modding tool. For nearly 10 years, the team behind Open4 has been tinkering and perfecting their beautiful, versatile modding tool. For nearly 10 years, they've adhered to a modder's code that has kept them off the radar of huge companies whose games they're playing with. GTA 4, Max Payne 3, and eventually the monstrous whale that is GTA 5. Open 4 has become beloved by all those that wish to make more out of an amazing game made with the Rage engine. Even as Rockstar releases DLC after DLC for the ballooning GTA 5, people are making their own DLC and sharing it online for others to enjoy. But far away from these peaceful modders toiling away on their works of love, dark clouds gather over the offices of Take-Two Interactive. Jesus Christ, Austin, this is... This is not unbiased. Over time, meetings have been held. The company executives have been brooding, lamenting the loss of profits to these despicable modders. Why will gamers buy our paid DLC when these modders are making it for free, they say? They never said that. We have to do something about these modders, the worst of which are those dastardly, perverse fiends behind Open (laughs) 4. 
It's never been said. They make modding so easy, so accessible, that anyone with a will and a way can make their own content and share it across the damnable internet. All right, so to pause. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Ryan Morrison. I am Austin Hoffman. And I'm Ryan O'Connor. And we are going to take a look this week, as you may see, on the world of modding. Uh, starting with the story that's been in everybody's news feeds lately about Take-Two Interactive sending a takedown to Open4, the Russian modding team that has basically modded every Rockstar game that's come out utilizing their Rage engine. Uh, now, modding has been a, a long... It's been a tradition. Been a long, exactly. Modding's been around in the gaming community forever. From it, it, You could change your Uzi into a Corgi in XCOM. You could have Deadpool as your sidekick in Skyrim. It, it brings a whole new feel and vibe to the game. But companies but always treat modding differently, depending on company to company. Absolutely. You can look at Blizzard for World of Warcraft, for example. They have add-ons now as part of the game. So you can go and make a mod. They will actually allow you to load it up in the game and you can say, all right, I want my map to look this way or I want my entire user interface to change. It's, it's entirely customizable, but through mods, they don't do it themselves. Uh, you see other companies like Mojang who uh, run Minecraft forever. Mojang's EULA in terms of service, which we'll get into later, uh, that controls modding used to be a paragraph basically saying, yeah, modding's fine, just don't make money off of it. Now, that, since they're bought by Microsoft, it's much it, it's much more fleshed out and long and... Uh, regulated. It's, it's regulated. Uh, today, we're going to look at both sides of the spectrum, Joe. We, we, we're going to focus on the recent headlines between Take-Two Interactive, Rockstar Games, and Open 4. And we're also going to look at uh, old stories about how Dota turned into Dota 2 and League of Legends and Heroes of the Storm. And we're going to look at how people got jobs on their fantastic mods. Exactly. So to get us back on track with this story, Austin, take a breath and then calm, calm down the uh, defamation lawsuits and then bring us in to where we're at today with Open 4. The decision is made and take two contact their malicious lawyers. No, Those foul we're, beings we're slavering at the mouth just waiting to chomp down on the throat of free, liberty-loving modders <laughs> with their terrifying cease and desist love. letters. To be clear, we've never seen the cease and desist letter. We've only seen pieces that were leaked and uh, discussed on a forum post by someone with very broken English. So it's, it's possible that nothing on that forum post is accurate. And a lot of these news stories are, are incorrect. The dreadful cease and desist <laughs> missive is dispatched, arriving at the doorstep of the Open 4 team. I actually went to his employer. Not They don't know where they live. But the team announces right. that they're closing up shop. This news burns like a wildfire across the internet. While details of the cease and desist letters have not been revealed due to confidentiality demands within the letter, the dark tone and desire are clear. <laughs> there's no, again, there's no dark tone. Honestly, what probably happened, and most people didn't use this mod. Most people don't even know this exists. Uh, there's, that's how the internet is. It's mob mentality. This got, became an interesting post on Reddit that take two to the cease and desist, and now the world's on fire and everybody's going after it. The poor, meek Open 4 has no choice but to submit to the will of the Dark Tower that is Take-Two Interactive, demanding an immediate takedown of their software and to cease any continued work by its team. We have no idea who's on the team, we have no idea how big it is, but they did make a post saying they're going to stop working on it because of the cease and desist. The community, ever vigilant, goes for their torches and pitchforks immediately, eager to defend these Robin Hoods of the gaming community. 
Never favorable towards these sorts of dispatches from the dark lands of Executovia, the internet took this attack on Open4 as an attack on the community itself. It skyrocketed to the top of Reddit and similar sites, and hordes of fans went to the GTA 5 Steam page and began burning it down with negative reviews. Which is ridiculous. Don't be that idiot. If uh, You might disagree with the company, you might not like what it's doing, but... Take a breath. It's never, ever what it looks like, and it's possible this could have been resolved a million different ways. Destroying a company's reputation with with false reviews is is not the way to go. Grand Theft Auto V's ratings are brought low, down near the lowest of ratings on the Steam page, and the ivory tower of Valve decides that they must remove the vengeful reviews entirely. With the gaming peasants beating down the door of GTA V's profitability, Rockstar appeals to Take-Two to retract their cease and desist. Which Foiled. is unfair, because Rockstar potentially might have been doing that anyway, despite the profitability loss. But they it, it, they might just be more in tune with their fans than Take-Two is. Take-Two is a publisher, Rockstar is a developer. It's different mentalities. Foiled, the dark executives <laughs> call back their baleful hounds, the lawyers, to plot another <laughs> day. They are not baleful hounds. They are probably wonderful lawyers. That's the end. Well, that's that's <laughs> why they, they do work for Take Two and don't do podcasts with two of their high school friends. That's right. It's it's uh, it's a different kind of lifestyle they have. Rockstar actually came out with a comment on this, pretty shockingly, I thought, where someone on June 23rd asked on their forum, are PC single-player mods allowed? And clearly this was going to be a gotcha if they answered. But Rockstar answered... In a way that only a lawyer can, because probably their lawyer told them to say this. They said, and I quote, Rockstar Games believes in reasonable fan creativity. Reasonable could mean anything. Reasonable has, there is a legal metric to it, but here, not really. And in particular, wants creators to showcase their passion for our games. After discussions with Take-Two, Take-Two has agreed that it generally will not take legal action against third-party projects involving Rockstar's PC games that are single-player, non-commercial, and respect the intellectual property rights of third parties. This does not apply to multiplayer or online services, tools, files, libraries, or functions that could be used to impact multiplayer or online services, or use of importation of other IP, including other Rockstar IP, in the project. This is not a license, and it does not constitute endorsement, approval, or authorization of any third-party project. Take-Two reserves the right to object to any third-party project or to revise, revoke, and or withdraw this statement at any time in their own discretion. This statement does not constitute a waiver of any rights that Take-Two may have with respect to third-party projects. Now, to be the lawyer and translate that for you, it basically says, we're not answering you. You can do what you want as long as it's not the things listed here. But if you do what you want and it's not the things listed here, we might come after you anyway. So this is not even a non-answer. It's it's a negative answer. It's a bad answer. It, it's basically saying probably don't do it, but if you do it, we might not bother you about it. Yeah, and they're, they're, the list here is pretty ridiculous. So, for example, in Open 4, people were making their own stuff for it. And one of the things just off the top of my head was you can turn your character into Iron Man. Now, they said right here that's the use of someone else's IP. They're even making it other Rockstar IP uh, because everything gets licensed differently. They don't know maybe Red Dead Redemption's being worked out with another company. They're not going to have full rights to it. Who knows? Whatever. I mean, we, we don't know where their licenses lie. But they're saying this is not a license. So, O'Connor, would you feel comfortable making a mod for any Rockstar game right now? Uh, I feel like you should ask the wrong person, because I always believe that they have their best interests at heart, don't they? <laughs> it, so, so, 
it seems like any mod that's made could be a potential huge waste of time. But I, people are going to do it anyway because they didn't explicitly say every mod will be taken down. Well, wasted time isn't even accurate, though, because they don't owe you a cease and desist. They sent one out here. They probably will in the future, but they don't owe it to you. They can sue you outright. And modding against their EULA and doing things here that they're not allowing explicitly are absolutely actionable. They can sue you for that. All right, but let's face it. Even if they said you can't make mods for it, people are going to make mods for it. They'll just be harder to find and probably apply. Well, they went after – it's funny that this, this dev team is in Russia because they went after them in Russia using a Russian law firm. And I can't tell you how many modders or, or open source community people message me all the time and say, it doesn't matter. I live in X country. Well, it, it does matter because we can get you wherever you are nowadays. This is 2017. You're not, that, you're not as well hidden as you think you are, especially when you start getting mega successful and people can trace – all of these transactions and all, all of these whatevers back to you, uh, it, it's, you know, you're, you're asking for it. Especially when these mods get big, they start working with advertisers or, or different whatevers and making money on it, and then it's a commercial product. Yeah, you know, we don't charge you for our mods, but hey, here's a PayPal donate button. We also take uh, Bitcoin, and if you want to send us hotcakes, that's great too. I just I don't get it. So I, I mean I, I kind of agree with Take Two. Am I wrong? Like am I am I going to get the neckbeard mafia against me of for that? Of course but you're I, wrong. Well, I, elaborate. Because you're preventing people from distributing They're a. Uh... That if you make a mod, it's R.I.P. So we can take action against you, but we generally won't. And what I'm reading into that is just don't be an idiot about it and try to profit off of it, and we won't come after you. I know that maybe that sounds like I'm being a corporate shill, but. They just told you flat out that you're not supposed to do it anyway, but we probably won't go after you even if you do. So that seems like they're getting a nice little gift there. Am I wrong? Honestly, no, they're not I mean, even we, being we, enough of a corporate shill. They're, they're, well, the fact that they're allowing it at all instead of just clamping down on it immediately, you know, saying like, oh, just don't make money on it. No, they're not, they're not even saying don't make money on it. They're saying, you know, we might just decide if it's presenting a bad image for the game like if you make a mod that gets really popular that's about like i don't know burning down orphanages or something then they'll shut it down well it's it's i mean you always start with a good point and then you bring it to an analogy that is just absolutely ridiculous i don't so, think burning down an orphanage is a ridiculous thing i guess not in grand theft auto fair enough uh, but the the reality of this since i write these for for companies all the time is a, we usually write them a lot more strict. So I, we work with them to uh, – a lot of companies allow user-generated content, but we make sure that the company owns it all and that they're they're not doing anything uh, that's going to get them in trouble. And if they want to allow outside mods where those modders would retain ownership of everything, uh, that's a way bigger headache for a couple reasons. First and foremost, let's say you put Iron Man in a game. Well, all of a sudden, Marvel can sue us now. And they're not suing the modder. The modder has no money, probably. They're going to sue Take-Two. So for all we know, this all started because Take-Two got a letter from Marvel saying, you're allowing a thing in your game that allows Iron Man to be played in that game. No one's going to buy the Iron Man game we're putting out eventually because of it. So we're going to sue you now. And Take-Two said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't know that was there. We appreciate the heads up and the notice on it. And we're going to shut it down immediately. And bam, they send this letter out. Uh, that is what happened. I mean, that's the definition of the course of action of a DMCA. There's an infringing asset in my game. I don't have enough of a, a task force to police it myself. Disney or whoever alerts me to the infringing asset, I take it down immediately, either with uh, uh, an actual DMCA takedown on a website, and I take it down immediately by issuing a cease and desist or just removing it from my game myself. If it's an outside program like this, 
cease and desist is the way to go. This isn't new. This is exactly how YouTube works. When something gets uh, gets flagged, YouTube doesn't bother with examining it. They just take it down. Right. And they won't send you a cease and desist from YouTube. This is a different level because YouTube can just take it down. Take two here doesn't have the power to just take down open four. They have to go this this outside legal process because it's not something in their game necessarily. It's not on their their website like a video is on YouTube's website. Okay. It's just unrealistic to expect people to not mess around and try to modify games that they've purchased. They're buying a game, they should have the right to mod the game as they want, and if they want to distribute it to other people who have purchased the game, these people aren't pirating the game, they've paid for the game itself. They should be able to play with the game, and tool with the game, and make more out of it, just because, why not? They've paid good money for it. I mean, so I disagree with you, and you're wrong, actually. Just, I mean, it's not even an opinion. You're legally incorrect in two ways and the third way that matters too before i make my opinions known are that the open source community and the modding community usually doesn't have a lot of money so i'm going to be a shill inside with the companies that pay us uh (laughs) but in reality you're not buying a game when you when you go onto steam and you buy a game you're not buying that game you're buying a license to play it and as ridiculous as that sounds even though you download it and you quote unquote own it on your computer you do not own it Steam can revoke that game from you. They can ban your account where you would lose your library. And more importantly, you know, in, in terms of proof you don't own it, you can't sell it to someone else. So there's, you, you notice there's no used Steam game store like there was at GameStop. You can't even leave it in your will to your child. If you die, you can't say, Billy gets my Steam account. Steam, I don't know what Steam would say that, but Steam has the right to say, sorry, Billy gets nothing. Wow, you're actually making console gaming a lot more appealing because at least then I'm buying physical discs that I'm putting in there, and at least I, I bought the game, right? You used to, but now when you put in a physical disc into an Xbox or a PlayStation, if you notice, you don't play anything off that disc. It basically unlocks the game on your Xbox, and you sit there and download it all anyway. So you're still playing under that license. And most games are have DRM or they're online where it, they can just ban you anyway, and the, the game itself is useless without that connection. It's a crazy, mixed-up, shook-up world except for Lola, and no one else can figure it out. When did they start doing all this licensing purchasing instead of actually owning the game? What Did that the, start the with The second Steam? they realized... It's like, it's who is the comedian that has the bit about uh, bottled water? Like, how stupid do I think the Americans are? I oh, bet Jim we can Gaffigan. sell them bottled water. It's Jim Gaffigan. Well, I feel like that's what happened with tech. They were like, let's release this Kindle. I bet people are so stupid they won't even buy books. They'll just buy a license to read the book that they don't own. And they were like, no. And then they did it. Everyone bought their <laughs> e-books. And then they were like, all right, well, what about GameStop? We, they're, how do we beat them? I don't know. Why instead of selling games, don't we sell games for $10 cheaper? But we're not selling the game. We're selling a license to play it that they don't own. That would never work. People like to resell their games. People like to try things out. Nope, sorry, it worked immediately. And now everyone uses only Steam, basically. And it's not just Steam. I mean, you, you whatever, whoever you're buying it from online, that's what you're buying. There is not a place online that I'm aware of where you can buy a game and you own that game. But isn't good old games the good guy? They sell, uh, they sell DRM-free games? They are the they good do, guy in a lot of ways. Yeah, I like them a lot. I think they are the good guy in a lot of ways, but they absolutely are not selling you the game. I don't, as far as I'm aware, they are selling you a DRM-free but still a license to that game. Oh no! If only if I I would have loved to be a big good old games purchaser. I've only bought a few things on there though because they don't have a huge social platform like Steam does. 
Yeah, it's a shame because Steam Steam was very smart. It made it a messaging service and, and a library of, of, or a store. I mean, I, I used to get so annoyed when I would launch a game and it would leave that thing until you shift tab saying, hey, just so you know, you can message your friends. And then every time one of you idiots would load Dota or whatever, it would pop up on my screen and say, hey, Austin's playing Dota. And I would say, oh, cool. All right, maybe I should play Dota. It worked. I mean, we've all been brainwashed and sucked in into only using Steam. We're, we play Heroes of the Storm all the time now, the three of us. And we still message each other on Steam while yep. we're in Battle.net. Yeah, because Steam's just the be- or it's the social platform that we're used to, even if it's not necessarily better. It is like well, the it is gaming better. platform. Battle.net's messaging service is cancer on ice. It is the worst thing on the internet. It's really not that great, and Steam just integrates so well. Just a shift a shift tab away, and you can just start chatting with people. I mean, we never use their uh, their voice chat. Did you know they had a built-in voice chat system? No. Yeah, because nobody <laughs> uses it. Well, we use Discord, whatever. We record this podcast on Skype because we're not smart enough to figure out a better way. And if anyone knows a better way, please send it to at Robot Congress on Twitter. At robotcongress.com. That's not real. <laughs> Don't send it there. Send, send uh, it to the Twitters. Yeah, tweet it at Austin because I won't notice it. Uh, and O'Connor, are you going to make a Twitter? No. All right, moving on. Uh, just a little reminder anyone that wants to make fan art of what O'Connor looks like. Please do. <laughs> it's a mixture between a very ugly elf and a goblin. You forgot about we're, Harry we're, Potter. We're recording yeah, four of these episodes before we release any of them, so I'm excited for this to be mentioned in every episode, and then uh, we're going to get just wonderful art. I know we will. Well, mods are hugely popular. Is this is this normal? I mean... Uh, yes. I mean, <laughs> well, okay, so let's take let's take the, the Elder Scrolls games as an example. Between Morrowind and Oblivion and Skyrim, especially Skyrim, that has a titanic mod following. GTA, how does that compare? Uh, it does compare in the fact that the single-player mods are very popular. I wouldn't go to the level of Skyrim, because, I mean, even I, who hate the internet, has downloaded mods for Skyrim, and I've never downloaded one for my GTA game. Uh, that's How, not to yeah. say that the the fan base isn't any less passionate. I just I, to my knowledge, Skyrim's still bigger. I mean, Skyrim's. I think it would be Minecraft, Skyrim, Grand Theft Auto in that order in terms of modding communities. But I I, I don't really know. I don't mod things myself. Uh, like I said, I used everything there was in World of Warcraft. But that wasn't modding in a traditional sense. Those were quite literally add-ons, which I, I know a mod is. But it. You couldn't download something that would make all the gnomes into uh, goblins or something. You know, you you it, it would add on to the game. It wouldn't mod existing things in the game. And there is a huge difference between those two things. So Grand That's Theft Auto, Skyrim, and Mojang, all, or Minecraft, all allow actual mods. See, in Skyrim, they have a mod that replaces all the spiders in the game with bears, and a mod that replaces all the bears in the game with spiders. And that, that was those, the those, second those, mod I downloaded. Those are the kind of things that... Uh, you know, really take this community to the next level. Uh, video Game Donkey has a great video on Skyrim where it's, it really shows you what the mods can be. Thomas the Tank Engine is the, the dragons, and they're fighting an army of bears and skeletons. And I, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. I would just go watch that video. I mean, games that are open world like Skyrim and GTA, they, they have such a an open platform that people can just build mods on top of. It, it, there's so much. It's because you can do so much in the game that if you can mod it, you can do anything. I mean, they have Halo in Skyrim where you are Master Chief. It's it, it's insane. Well, I like I said, Skyrim's the only game that I've downloaded mods for recently because I hate the internet and I don't want to learn things. But it it was it was fun to be able to number one make the download DLC that I could 
kill kids. <laughs> because how dare they? How dare they come up to me in White Run and tell me, nah, 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 you, you wouldn't like it. Nah, 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 nah. My dad's the Jarl. But yeah, my dad's the Jarl. Oh, yeah? Well, foos rolled up. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing with these mods is that they're free. It's not like DLC that you have to pay for. I mean, they're they're a lot more rough. And, and in Skyrim, it is... I oh, spent but isn't five that hours. Changing, isn't I that just... what? Isn't that changing? I just heard an announcement at E3 that we're going to be looking at paid mods again. I don't think they would do that because they tried paid mods a year or two ago with Skyrim and people flipped out. They wouldn't try that again, right? People were not happy. So I bet they're trying it again. I don't know. I'm not the one that went to E3. So what about us, Mr. E3 Insider Company guy? Yeah, they're trying it again. It's called, uh, what is it? it? That's right, the Skyrim Creation Club, that, where basically they have a guild of modders. <laughs> you want to... Do all our work for us. Hey, you know what, though? Skyrim's done. Make a new game. It's E3. I don't want to hear you're launching on a new console with mods. Skyrim is too popular for them to make another Elder Scrolls game. It makes me very upset because I just want the next one. It's ridiculous. But guess what? We'll have Skyrim on fucking rocks before we have another uh, Elder Scrolls game. The Holodex is going to come in in 50 years, and Bethesda's going to be like, hey, we should put Skyrim on that. Put Skyrim on that. Why make another game? Fired. Well, they don't need to make any more content because now they have modders to do everything for them. And by this time, they're going to have Elder Scrolls 17 just by modders making cool stuff in Skyrim that turns into full games. That's happened. The, the huge hit, Skyrim. A century in the making. Now it's in the holiday. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. This summer, it's the perfect time to create your own website. You can make a splash for your business. With Squarespace, you can create a beautiful website to showcase your work. You can sell products and services of all kinds. You can promote your physical or even online businesses, because it's online, on the internet. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers, analytics that help you grow in real time, built-in search engine optimization, 24-7 award-winning customer support, and nothing to patch or upgrade ever. You get free and secure hosting with Squarespace. People that use Squarespace are people like jewelry designers, clothing designers, instructors, record labels, gyms and studios, real estate brokers, and gamers. Check out Squarespace at Squarespace. Com. Register a domain name, start your free website or online store trial. When you're ready to launch, use offer code ROBOT to save 10%. That's offer code ROBOT. We're brought to you by Penn State World Campus. It allows you to earn your Penn State degree online from anywhere in the world. Getting more info is easy. Visit worldcampusinfo.com. Penn State World Campus has admissions counselors and coaches available to help you decide if Penn State World Campus is the best fit for you. Penn State World Campus's convenient, flexible online format is a great option if you're a busy working adult or want to set your own pace to earn your degree. Remember, getting more info is easy. Visit worldcampusinfo.com. Penn State World Campus is ranked in the top 10 online graduate programs in business, education, engineering, and technology by U.S. News and World Report. Learn how Penn State World Campus can help you reach your educational goals by visiting worldcampusinfo.com. Penn State World Campus, a world of possibilities online. <laughs> no, but awesome. What's the game that that was made that somebody they started it in Skyrim as a, as an add-on and now they're they're making their own game? Alexander Veliki, a huge fan of Bethesda, made Nerim for Oblivion which had tens of hours of content 
and he made Enderal and Falskar, which are basically self-contained games inside of Skyrim. Uh, he did all this stuff. He he he's put. Uh, he said he put ninety percent of his life for like over four years into modding for Skyrim, and he always wanted to get a job at Bethesda. Guess what? He got a job with Bungie uh, as an associated designer. They were big fans of his work, but uh, which doesn't he got a happen. job out of it. I just want to be clear that a lot of people who are like, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to make a fan game and get hired by that company. That's how it works. If you release it, you're probably going to go to jail and murdered for uh, treason or something. But if well, these you are fan games, they're mods inside of a game. Totally. But they're making their own IP and story in a game. And then it's turning into this other world where they then want to go make their actual own other game with it. That happens more than you'd think. Uh, and, We've seen a very famous example of that. Look at Warcraft, the use map settings, and turning into Dota. Ah, Dota. Good old Dota. Released in 2003, Defense of the Ancients was a Warcraft 3 mod that allowed people to play specific Warcraft heroes that would allow them to assault enemies' ancients, which were kind of like their bases at the time, while defending their own. And then Valve eventually acquired the intellectual property rights in 2009, removed Skeleton King, and made him a shill of his former self. Enough Skeleton King. The, the Wraith King! King. Will, they will go on for 10 Listen, hours. Listen, if you let me have a voice on this podcast, I will continue to fight for the one true king. Skeleton <laughs> King is dead. No. The Finally Man of Bones sitting on the his, throone. His life is... was off-timer, and he's dead forever. <laughs> what is dead may never die. And that's true. I mean, Warcraft 3 was a, a game that had nothing to do with tower defense, nothing to do with anything that w it would turn in what MOBAs are. But it created the MOBA because Dota was made in there by Icefrog, I believe. And he worked with a, a team of other people. Uh, two of those developers uh, left and started Riot. And Riot made famously League of Legends, which is a very similar game to Dota with a couple changes. It's basically Dota with diapers on. It's for It's for children who can't play an adult game. And then, uh, I'm kidding, please don't email me. And then Dota is... I like when you talk about Dota kind of. positively because all that game has done is ruin our friendship for decades to come. I know, it's, it's shocking the three of us are still friends after the Dota we've played. But, but basically, uh, two of the developers left and started Riot. Icefrog stayed with Dota. Valve, got, Valve came out of nowhere and said, Hey, Icefrog, we want you to really flesh this game out. Come do it. We're going to release Dota 2. Dota 2 and League are, are released, uh, respectively, and they, they turn into mega-hits. Uh, League of Legends is a more consistent, top-notch, Tier 1 eSport everywhere in the world, for sure. Dota 2 is, is you know, pretty distant behind it, but still one of the big, the big games. And they have the biggest prize pool every year. They have the International, which Austin, myself, and O'Connor will be at this year. Feel free yeah. to say hi to us. All of it, though, came from a Blizzard IP. All of it was created in a Blizzard game where under those terms of service and under that EULA, even though this was all the way back in 2003 when this stuff was not fleshed out, that EULA in terms of service was strong enough to say that if you make a use map setting game in here, we own it. And it turned into a huge battle because Dota 2 started to change enough where it wasn't really bound by that anymore. League of Legends tried to change enough from even Dota 2 where it's not bound anymore. But you can see the similarities throughout the three games incredibly. Uh, you see, most Dota 2 characters look like Warcraft heroes. In fact, Warcraft, as, as O'Connor said, Blizzard forced a lot of name changes in Dota 2. I think they could have shut it down. I, I, I mean, we weren't there, but I know it was a very long... Um, I thought and, and they purchased the IP, though. They eventually who? bought it, Valve. I mean, that's, that's totally possible. And, and I, 
All I know is that we don't know the whole story there. There's an entire settlement proceeding and purchase that went on there. But part of that settlement and part of that sale and part of that deal was that Valve would change the names of people like Windrunner. Because Windrunner is the famously the last name of Sylvanas and, and uh, a major character in Blizzard IP. Uh, so they, they had to change that. They had to change Skeleton King, who's like this worthless hero no one cares thrill. about. And they had to change all this other uh. stuff. Uh, but, but now we have three... Very similar, but very different games. Heroes of the Storm was released later, and I think Blizzard's plan was, I don't care if Dota 2 does well, I don't care if League does well, we're going to steal all those people back because people are going to have nostalgia out the wazoo and want to play a MOBA, and Heroes of the Storm is going to do both those things. Unfortunately, Heroes of the Storm was a little... I mean, I joked about League being baby cakes, but this is, like, really casual gaming. Uh, It's more of a deathmatch than it is a true MOBA, and... As much as the three of us play it now because it's less stressful it's really and more fun, fun. it's never going to be, uh, you know, League of Legends or Dota level skill for the top tier pros. Yeah, it is. It is so not like top level Twitch reaction. I mean, you know, there there is a lot of skill involved with as with any MOBA, but I don't stress when we play uh, when we play Heroes. I have such a good time as opposed to playing a Dota two game where I'm freaking out for an hour because you know I'm missing last hits or something like that. Uh, Heroes is so much more accessible, but on the same on the other side of the coin, it's not going to be that top level people watching and biting their fingernails as the team fight's going on. Exactly. So, so that's how this can all go, and that turns into a major battle where if you're using someone else's tool set to create something or someone else's engine, you're kind of under their their judgment of what they want to do to you. Uh, Take Two has every right to take down a, a, a mod for Grand Theft Auto that that messes with their engine if they deem it to be against their EULA. Now, here is an interesting one, though, because as far as I understand it, and O'Connor, correct me if I'm wrong, Open 4 is not the mod itself, right? No, Open 4 is not the mod. Open 4 is the program that you can use to make mods. So it's, it's and it's not like what Curse was, where Curse used to help you uh, store your add-ons and install them and put them in the game. And it's also not the mod itself that changes things. Open 4, as we understand it, we, we are not experts in the modding community by any means. But as I understand it, Open 4 basically uh, is the tool that lets you create mods that you then put into Grand Theft Auto. So this mod itself, or this tool itself, I should say, doesn't necessarily use any of the uh, the Rage Engine stuff. Although it, it, it uses enough, it goes in there and helps you tamper with it enough. And they advertise it as such, where there's not really any other argument to be made. Uh, Take-Two has the right to take this down. I think they'd win in court. We should get to the heart of the issue as to why Rockstar did this. So as much as I think they would win in court, though, I think they have and would lose in the court of public opinion. Uh, If this modding tool or this team was trying to hack the game and, and cheat online and make the game unplayable online, that's one thing. But they seem pretty... They seem They're community pretty, friendly. As, as opposed to creating mods that would mess with a the game, they're just creating an experience for users to make use of. They seem like something that is supposed to be a single-player mod, and yeah, they, they say they've taken steps to help uh, not allow the game to be used online, they're not trying to create any hacks. I don't know how true that is, but that's what they're absolutely saying publicly. And they're, they've actually said in their forum post that the actual cease and desist that we haven't seen doesn't mention online. They're just being taken down for the single-player stuff, which would lead arguments to the things like the Iron Man IP. Uh, but, O'Connor, you play more online than, than any of us in Grand Theft Auto. Have you noticed hackers or anything like that in there? 
Absolutely. Just recently, a hacker gave me $500,000 online, and I freaked out because it was definitely not money that I earned, and I take a certain amount of pride in the amount of money that I earn on there because I love doing heists. That happens on lots of online games, though, like like hacking, that kind of stuff. Dark Souls, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 were filled with hackers, which is really annoying because they just make themselves invulnerable, and you can't kill them, and they just run around and torture you until finally you either kill yourself or they kill you. Well, so that sounds that game. sounds great. Yeah, it, it ruins the game. The one thing that doesn't make sense to me during all of this is, is why public opinion will believe the word of a modder but not the word of a company. I understand that we usually have the uh, companies are evil mentalities, but well, because companies are... aren't people. Wait, actually, they are. Uh, but but it's because the the modders have they, they've done a lot of work that is contributing towards pe- people's enjoyment of the game. Well, no, uh, it's what, it's so what, what what's said. the game itself? Yeah, well, right. But, but that's what you said. I mean, it's 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 an, e- it's an evil company versus a poor little modder in his basement is how everyone looks at it, even though that's not usually the case. Uh, and not to mention, also, this was Take-Two. This was the publisher, not the fun developer. If Rockstar did this, it might have been treated a little differently, but it wasn't. I mean, it's – it's uh, this is, I would say, you know, everybody's kind of same page here about what can happen and can't. It just doesn't make sense to me is why we take the word of the modder of which we've not seen this cease and desist letter, but we uh, – the entire internet community apparently believes the word of the modder and says, oh, yeah, that the, they definitely have never made a GTA Online mod. Absolutely not. They would never do that. But then Rockstar turns around and says, hey, you know – you, you shouldn't you shouldn't make mods and if we if you do we can take legal action but we won't why are they instantly considered like oh well that's too much power for them to wield like they're definitely going to screw over the common guy but at the same time it the the modding community or the open four in this case is like oh well we never did that and they're like oh absolutely we 100 100% believe them but we don't believe rockstar and it's it's search, because there's forum posts that show you can use open four to to do things online uh that might not be open four's intention but it can be used to do things online and that's what take two's trying to shut down like you said it ruins the online gaming experience take aside they're too powerful now i can't beat them or or i'm too weak i can't kill anyone and, and the reason it's always ruined gaming for me goes all the way back to Diablo, where we the duplication hack was in there, or it was a trick or a bug or whatever it was. But you would drop a potion. I forget how it worked. But you could basically give yourself infinite money and infinite items that way. And I did it. And I sat, sat there for a couple hours just using this duplication thing. And bam, I had all this stuff, and it was awesome. And I had well, unlimited gold. And then I didn't want to play anymore. The game was Battle over Net for me. had... But Battle.net had two different online modes. They had the open one, and they had the one where you couldn't hack on. Like, the, the open one was filled with dupes, and then the closed uh, Battle.net had... You, you couldn't hack it, I'm not sure. Well, that was eventually. I had stopped playing Diablo by the time that came out, because it didn't launch with that. I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. Remember, we talked about Age of Empires 2, how I ruined the game for myself by using cheat codes, because... Once I knew them, I, I would just do it, and I destroyed the game for myself. I wasn't even ruining it for other people. I was ruining my own single-player experience by modding it, or cheating with the in-game cheat codes. I'm trying to think if I've ever cheated in a game. I'm sure I have, but... Did you ever use the StarCraft cheat codes to get yourself more Vespine gas? You no. didn't have a game genie? Like, what are you talking about? Everyone's cheated in games. I'm just trying to think of, like, a time that I've actually cheated in a game. I can't. Mr. Pure Heart O'Connor over here has never cheated in the game. Wait, so, so you didn't have, like, a Game Shark or a Game Genie or anything like that? No. 
Uh, and you never looked up a cheat code for, you know, back when the internet was in its heyday and you could go on or you, or you had to get cheat codes out of uh, magazines? I I mean I guess yeah I mean I wouldn't know the Konami code by heart if I didn't if I didn't cheat at least once so I guess yes, I did you would, in like Contra. I know the Konami code by heart and I've never played a game that I used it in. It's just well, like nerd it's cred. On t-shirts and stuff. Yeah, that's just like a, you, everyone has to know it. It doesn't well because you're saying you can't remember using it you just remember the code so I, I uh, refuse yes. to give you credit for that. I have a shirt that actually proves that I cheated is the IDDQD I used to do God Mode and Doom Two after I beat the level just because I wanted to run through and destroy everybody with that. My favorite client in Overwatch, one of our our uh, top players, is his name in Overwatch is IDDQD. Good and uh, IDDQD, IDKFA, and ID Clip. Wow, okay, so you do know some off the top of your head. That's great. I just need to think about it. What do you want from me? I want you to tell me that you cheated the hell out of every game you played and ruined your own experience, just like I did in many, many games. Once I discovered console commands in Morrowind, that was it. Actually, you know what? I had a lot of fun in jumping around like like I was flying in Morrowind, but it ruins the game, and I wish it was not a thing. I wish I couldn't do it, because as soon as I open those floodgates, I can't close them again. I, I don't think it's always so bad. Like I said, I used to do it like after the after I beat the level, I'd go back and play it with the cheat on because I just wanted to, to mess around with it. It gave you like a almost like what modding does. It gives you another way to play the game. No, it does. It, yeah, that was kind of like pre-mod modding, except the developers actually included that stuff, I guess, because either they didn't take it out from when they were testing it or they wanted people to have fun with it and have the option to ruin the game for themselves by cheating. Well, games used to be a lot harder, but a lot more... Fun and the cheats were almost required in some games to, to beat them. Uh, you know, that's they, true. There were some games that I just never beat. Like I think it was Mega Man Three. Well, a lot of those Mega old console games were impossible. I mean, it's impossible, of course, not being the operative word. There were plenty of people who beat it, but your average twelve-year-old playing Aladdin didn't get past level two. Or Fantasia. Well, oh, I let's never be honest. Fantasia. Uh, Aladdin and Lion King video games were both impossible. Lion King was the hardest game ever. What was it? You got trampled by gazelles or something? You're a gazelle. All right, so then looping all this around, do you guys think this was handled the right way? Do you? I mean, do you, do you think Take-Two regrets the letter? I mean, obviously they regret it because it created enough of an issue that they retracted it, Because I guess because of the negative reviews. The community outrage, the torches and pitchforks. Doesn't make them wrong, but they certainly regret it. And I think we're seeing a shift in culture where... Lawyers aren't going to get to send their scary stuff with no repercussions anymore. Somebody used to get a cease and desist like that, that's seven pages and terrifying. That was the end of it. You know, they would, they, clam they, up. They would immediately say, whoops, and take it down and be done with it. Now there's a, the Internet and there's a, a community behind these people where they can and put the letter up. Attorneys. And video game attorneys. Exactly. And, you know, they're not alone anymore and, and they fight this stuff. So it, it'll we're going to see a big shift. Well, you're but saying that it's essentially the a- more access to knowledge regarding these things. That's that's allowing people to not be so ignorant regarding the law. And that no, I think it's the opposite. It. I think it's really? absolutely the opposite. I think this is going to remain. People are going to remain ignorant uh, about this because what they were doing here is potentially illegal and potentially wrong. And Take Two has every right to take it down legally. But the court of public opinion said, "No, Take Two, we don't like you doing this. We're going to ruin your game if you do it." So they had to stop. So now no one's learned anything other than the internet has more power than a publisher. Well, the yeah, publisher the wants man. to make – yeah, but the publisher wants to make money off of these communities, and they're allowed to form their own opinions. You can buy their product and not agree with what they're doing. I think that's fine. 
And if you want to try to, if you want to go out there and tell people not to buy the game because of the way they're acting, and you want to imp- – because the company's only listening to one thing, money. So if you want to go out there and affect their ability to earn, to earn that money because of the actions they're taking, you should be allowed to do that. So you're saying that leaving negative Steam reviews all over their page was right. It's not illegal. And no, just like illegal. just like them sending the cease and desist is not illegal. If they want to if they wanted to continue to pursue that and go after Open Four, they had every right to do that. But like, how dare you think in return that people shouldn't be able to form opinions off of that? Like, well, you know what? I don't think you might be have the legal right to do it, but we don't agree with it, and we're going to take actions in the only way we know how by by affecting your reviews, which might affect your ability to uh, have more people purchase your game. I think they're both right. I mean, because that because affecting reviews like that, that's definitely the most visible way that you can do it. Other than sure. because and Twitter, because Twitter, that's more visible than Twitter because people are going to that page to buy the game and buy the and buy the DLC. So, end of the day, we've all learned nothing. The internet has too much power by unwieldy, ridiculous people, and we're going to continue to destroy things until we get our way. He who controls the internet controls the world. As always, follow the show at robot underscore congress, and you can follow me at Mr. Ryan Morrison. You can follow me at Robot Austin, and you can follow O'Connor down the street to his home. And Don't ever do that. That's the only place. Don't forget to rate and subscribe us on iTunes with honest opinions. And if you want to two-star us, go right ahead Don't because that's two- your opinion. No, don't make this a meme or a joke because then we're going to get taken off the store if we get two stars. Five stars only or you're fired, all of you. Yes, and don't ever put negative reviews based on the, how you feel about us. You can that's type right. whatever you want. Just leave a five-star review. Yeah, leave five stars and then you can curse us out. That's fine. Good night. That was a HeadGum Podcast.